Welcome friends, acquaintances, and mortal enemies to Entrepreneurs Verse, a show giving you an insight into the life, times, and crimes of your fellow cohort members. I'm your host, David Pratt, and today I have two very special guests who have also been very hard to get hold of. Please welcome to the show, James Terry and Pete Butler of Dispatch. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. So what are you working on? So we're working on Dishbatch, which is a marketplace connecting the UK's best independent food and drink suppliers, many of whom have never sold to consumers before, always used to sell to restaurants, um, to consumers who love food, that were typically eating restaurants and are looking for better food to eat at home. So this has been an idea that's very much been inspired by recent coronavirus-related events. I guess to give a bit of background, so... Um... Pete approached me a while ago saying, obviously, restaurants are about to be a business that's going down the pan and we can help them in a certain way. So we were looking at originally actually at doing gift cards to help um, the restaurants sort of spread the the impact or minimize the, the impact on their cash flow with the loss of revenue, which um, we went to a certain degree with and realized it wasn't quite right. So then we started to learn after speaking to quite a few restaurants, we realized actually new independents doing takeaway, we don't want to get charged 30% with delivery fees. Maybe we can help them get fined get, or get found basically on a simple directory. So then we went into restaurants, um, tweeted at a few people, no one cared. Um, and then Pete rightly pointed out that a more interesting point of focus is actually the suppliers of restaurants, which had you know really good quality produce, also had lost their entire business. And then the demand for grocery deliveries is so key. Um, and so high that all the supermarkets couldn't deliver, but we were like, maybe that's where we go. So we pivoted the directory towards grocery deliveries. And then Nigella Lawson tweeted us, and then... Good old Nigella Lawson. Exploded. That old marketing strategy <laughs> yeah. of uh, getting Nigella Lawson to tweet about you. The, the rest of the yeah. Perfect. Um, so was that difficult? Because obviously it's a marketplace, right? You have to go to the suppliers and say, we have some demand for you, but then also it's hard to get that demand without having the suppliers in place. How did you solve that chicken and egg style problem? When we started it, it was not a marketplace. And we actually didn't start this to build a business. So the whole thing started, I think, about three weeks before EF was starting. Um, and as you know, I think it's the sort of the pre-EF weeks are a little bit strange in that I finished my previous, what, what I was previously doing. So I had some time on my hands James was um, trapped in Thailand on an island. Uh, on, a, <laughs> on an island, he was traveling, couldn't get out because of um, because of the the quarantine and the restrictions over there. So actually, the, the whole thing started. This was meant to be a kind of a fun side project. James and I had all, always wanted to work on something together. So um, so we, we the first so the first version of the site was a one page directory, and it was basically just a list. I think it had about. 30 suppliers on there it was a list of 30 suppliers that we pulled from various different places across the internet 30 suppliers that were delivering food in london right now and and most of whom had not historically delivered so they were all kind of new into the market um so we didn't have to ask anyone's permission we, we literally put their name kind of what they were delivering where they were delivering and the link on there and that was that. And it, it, it grew from there. So in the first, first three weeks, it was just a directory. And how has that growth been? From what I understand, it's been going quite well. I feel like you're being a bit modest about it. Yeah, I mean, so I guess it kind of caught wind on its own 
thanks to having some key people and then also papers starting to push it. So um, organically, like Time Out picked it up. Um, the founder of Wikipedia found it and gave it a little tweet. Um, so when we had quite a few people like that finding the website and spreading it for us. Um, and then it was featured in The Guardian um, by Jay Rayner. And that sort of like started to snowball. So we started having about anywhere from five to 10,000 people, I guess, per day using it, um, which was incredible. And then we saw all this traffic and we were getting feedback from all these suppliers. Obviously, we're sending them really high intent traffic. People that will go straight to these sites, clearly looking to buy something, end up converting quite um, highly. And they were therefore appreciating what we were doing. So it allowed us to basically shortcut that relationship building with the suppliers and build credibility by saying, look, we are somewhere that has clearly some exposure and also some good people and potential customers. So that's how we started to think, well, if we've got tons of high intent traffic on our site, can we start to build a business on the back of a directory? Um, but do it carefully so that we don't you know, annoy anyone by it becoming a profit making machine and the directory being hidden. So it's been a difficult challenge, I guess, of balancing the two, but I think we're slowly getting to a place where they can coexist and it makes sense. Um, but it's an ongoing product challenge. I love that. So any of our listeners that are currently stuck on an island in Thailand, um, <laughs> just create a startup and you know, revolutionize the restaurant supply ingredient chain. Um, going on from that, uh, in this remote environment, how have you found working on this? Could you go through a bit of your daily routine? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, so I guess... Um, we used to have it initially where there's that loud noise you can cut out. We used to basically have um, a daily check-in. So Pete and I would have a call every morning where we're moving so quickly that we needed to just see where we're at on each day. Um, and we did have a bit of a problem where I guess we were overlapping slightly on work. So then we started to sort of take ownership of certain areas, which works really well. Um, me focusing more on sort of like the products and Pete focusing more on marketing. And by doing that, we've ended up sort of setting more weekly goals and moving to more of a, a weekly check-in, but then obviously staying connected throughout the day and constantly firing back and forth. Um, and, you know, we've used, we had Airtable, we've tried Trello um, and just sort of manage tasks. It's worked pretty well. I, I do find that remote, you can never have the same value you have when you're in person where, you know, the best ideas and conversations happen on a whim rather than necessarily planning a call and then exchanging ideas. So I do, I think we miss out on that, but I think we're doing as good as we can do given the circumstances. And I just heard a Slack notification there. Is that your main point of call for communication? Yeah. 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 We use um, <laughs> nonstop. We, so we spend obviously Slack and there's, we have a slightly wider team um, in addition to me and James now, but we just spend loads of time on the phone. I mean, God yeah. knows how many minutes we spend that every day, but if we need to really discuss something, we call each other. Yeah, perfect. And we're very quick on that as well. Like if someone needs to chat, we'll just say, can we have a quick call? And it's almost always within like a minute that we're on the phone. Yeah, there's definitely something a slight less, there's slightly lower friction I find with phone calls than there are for Slack or Zoom or anything like that. Um, you mentioned briefly there, Pete, that you have yeah. grown the team. Um, what has that been like? How have you been onboarding them and managing other people coming on board and helping you out? Yeah, a little bit. So we kind of realized early on, we realized a few things. One is that we had way more work to do than we could possibly do between between the two of us. I think when you have a live project and there's people that are coming to your website and people that are buying products from you, there's actually a lot of stuff, day-to-day -day doing stuff that you need to get done um, that, that me and James couldn't really handle. So we realized we needed some help. We also realized that 
particularly in food and restaurants, there's a whole bunch of people, I mean, almost everyone in the space, unless you're in, um, unless you work for a grocery company, if you, if you work for a restaurant or hotel group or anything like that, you're basically furloughed. So there's all these really, really talented people who are sit, sitting at home, kind of twiddling their thumbs, keen to get involved in things. Um, and so, yeah, we, we realized that maybe there's an opportunity to get people involved in what we we're doing, because we saw lots of people were excited, you know, on Twitter and Instagram about, about what we were building. So we, um, so yeah, we, there's a great website called Working Startups who are doing this thing called Furlanteering, where you can basically post an ad that's explicitly for people that are furloughed. Um, and it's clear that it's uh, kind of done on a voluntary basis. So yeah, we, we, we posted something a few weeks ago and now we have, I think we have four people helping us out. Really, really good people. It's almost like, I call it startup judo, you know, using the momentum of the coronavirus to, to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real win-win for everyone. It, I mean, we win because we people help us out, but the people that are working for us win because it's a really interesting project. We're making sure that they're building skills in the areas that they want to develop in. It works for everyone. Love a good win-win. And speaking of win-wins, um, now moving on to our quickfire round. First one, um, I'm going to ask you a question, and you as a team need to decide which member whether that's Pete or James, who the statement most applies to. First one, who drinks the most coffee? Me. Oh, Pete. Definitely me. Okay, cohesive answer. Right, uh, Mr. and Mrs., isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking, I've been trying to find a name for this, but um, Mr. and Mrs., I'll take it. Um, who is the best cook? Pete. That, that's me again. Yeah. <laughs> anything, winning everything. Anything, <laughs> anything food related is probably going to be me. Everything else. Okay, I'll, I'll cross all those questions out then. Who sleeps the least? Pete. Me. <laughs> Who's travelled the most? I, I have, I reckon. Yeah, James. I'm at home eating and James is travelling. Okay, good team balance. Focus on what you're good at. I like it. Uh, who watches the most Netflix? Ooh. Not me. He doesn't have a TV, so I'm going to say, even though I don't, I say me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eating. I'm not watching Netflix, I'm eating. He's on his phone, scrolling, scrolling analytics. That's all he does. Okay, wonderful. We'll move on to our second and final round, under or overrated. I'm going to say a simple thing, and quite simply, you guys have to say if you think it's under or overrated, starting with CrossFit. Oh, underrated. Underrated. For sure. Big, big, big CrossFitter here. Not a very good one, but <laughs> I am a CrossFitter. Underrated. We work. Overrated. Oh, overrated. Garlic. Mm, overrated. Underrated. Oh. Conflict. You have to sort out that after the podcast. Meditation. Overrated. Underrated. Oh. Finding some differences here. <laughs> mindfulness or meditation. My, mindfulness is underrated. Meditation is overrated. I like it. Hip hop. Underrated. underrated. Nice. Connecting independent food suppliers directly with consumers. Underrated. Oh, hugely underrated. underappreciated. Very glad you agree on that one. We're long in that <laughs> Strong signal. Um, well, that's about all we've got time for today. Pete and James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to the listeners um, for listening, as you clearly are doing, if you're still listening at this point. And yeah, thanks very much for coming on, guys. No worries at all. It's been great, great being here. Pleasure anytime.